Welcome back to another episode of the Listen In Podcast. You are here with your two hosts, Jake and Sean. We are the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners. We have uh, not a not-so-packed episode for you today. It, we'll, uh, we'll put it this way. It's still very much January. Yeah, it's January. It's still very much the music year starting to ramp it's up. the doldrums. But we do have uh, some sad news to kick Ooh. off the episode. Um, Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries, lead singer from the 90s band The Cranberries, has died. Only 46 years old. Now, I wouldn't say The Cranberries are a band that made a seismic impact on music, but they were definitely a band that I think everyone knew growing up, at least enjoyed some of their hits, and had some awareness of. Um, How did this news strike you, Sean? Yeah, um, it seems like... Since we've been doing this podcast, every few months we have another story like this. Um, And I think that's only, and I think what we say every time is it's only going to get more and more common as time goes on. Yep. Um, There's no doubt. But when I heard this news, I saw it. I was like, oh, the Cranberries, that registers as a name that I know. Yeah. But I can't like totally place it. So I went to Spotify, I put on Linger. I was like, I know this song. Of course I know this song. It was like, it was a slight disconnect of, I don't fully know this name, but I, was like, but I was like, no, I do know once I, once I listened. You also definitely know Zombie. And Zombie. Zombie as well. And you probably know Zombie. Yes. As Andy Bernard sings, Zombie. See, I didn't know that was even the, you just made that connection. Zombie. In your hair. Um, <laughs> and uh, they also sing that song Dreams, which you probably don't know by name, but I bet if you heard it, you would know the little hook in that song. Okay. Um, I love the song Linger, dude. Like, Linger's I, great. Over the last few years, it's, it's weird because you hear these songs as you grow up. Like, So that yep. was a song that was yep. around the radio when I was a little kid. And it all becomes a part of the same, I'm going to drop a big word on you here, Sean. Not big, but fancy. Milieu. Mm. The same sort of like general situation and context of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't, as a kid, distinguish between what are the better of these songs, what are sort of the worst ones. Um, And I never really appreciated Linger until I was a little older. That song is like gorgeous. It has some really nice like uh, string orchestration in it. And... Really beautiful vocals from uh, Dolores here. Um, and so, again, like the Cranberries are not a band where I ever felt an incredibly strong connection, but it's one where I'm like, well, yeah, shit, yeah. I remember growing up and hearing these songs and liking right. them and picking ones out here and there. Um, I think they did some really cool stuff based on the songs I've heard. I've never yeah. taken a deep dive into their catalog. No, by any no, I, I haven't either. But uh, no, I agree with you. And. It looks like, Jake, they have way more plays on Spotify than I actually thought they did. Zombie has almost 160 million plays. Linger has almost 85 million. So that's a lot of plays. And yeah, they those were, I think, bigger songs than I even realized. Linger was also Adam Sandler and I think Drew Barrymore's like song. Like they 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 were going out. It was their song. In was it fifty first dates? Oh, okay. So I remember it from that. It there could have also go. been Spanglish. Okay. He basically was insert forgettable Adam Sandler <laughs> rom com here. Yeah. So okay. I certainly hope that's not their lasting legacy. I think I'm the only person who I would hope. That. I, I I didn't see that at all in the Twitter Twitter in memoriam. So. Good because I was probably the only person who okay. maybe it was. Oh, you know what it was? It was Click. I think. Go, well, Click is. 
I could just be wrong. Drew Barrymore was not in Click, though. No, she wasn't. But I think it might have been. Or Spanglish. She was she in was 50 First, 50 first Dates. Dates. I brought up Drew Barrymore because I thought it was 50 First okay. Dates. But I actually, thinking back, I think it might have been Click. Okay. Click. By it's the actually way, like a solid movie. It's actually like not. Click was the start. It's like a C plus. Click was the start of critics and general fans starting to shit on Adam Sandler. Clicks is actually an interesting movie. It's very interesting. It's about how you will just will zip through life if you don't just take the time exactly. to enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a scene where he skips through sex. Yeah, I never really. He. he I think he meant to skip through like foreplay. Oh, and he, he like got stuck on... And, and, and it just skipped through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so our conversation about... <laughs> that went down a, a rabbit hole. The death of Dolores O'Riordan yeah. of the Cranberries has turned into an irreverent discussion of Adam Sandler, um, which is not at all what I intended. But I would, I think that one thing that we should acknowledge is that she was exceptionally young... 46. 46. I would have thought she'd be up in her 50s based on when she was prop. She was that just shows how young she was when the cranberries were taking taking hold and yeah. getting popular. She was like in her early 20s. Yeah. Cuz like I think that first record with Linger and Dreams on it came out I think in 93. And so we're talking yeah, about that was 26 20. years ago. So no, no, sorry, 24 20, years ago. Yeah, so 22, 21, so 22. So she was like a like, yeah. young woman, young yeah. young. Wow. Um, so sad. Sad, sad news. Stuff. Very sad news. Um, so RIP, the first RIP of 2018. First RIP, uh, hopefully we don't get any more. It seems unlikely. We probably will. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to Hot Thoughts here, Jake. Yeah. Um, so we have a new song by Preoccupations, formerly known as Viet Cong. Mm-hmm. There's a new song called Espionage. They have a new album coming out this year. Called New Material. <laughs> Fitting, because it is Literally new material from them. I think it's a double entente. So, I really enjoyed this song. So and let I. me say, let me say something. Let me give you a little background information on preoccupation. Let's hear it. Slash Viet Cong here. So Viet Cong came out with their self-titled debut. Back well, they kind of had like an EP or something before, but I've only I think it was what it's called cassette. Twenty fifteen, Viet Cong yeah. debut came out. Uh, or was it January sixteen? No, 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 it was it was 2015. Dude, honestly, I I, gotta be, I, I just got to be honest with you, the years themselves are blurring together for me. 2015 feels like it was yesterday, but also forever ago. But a long when I think ass about where I was ago. then, yeah. as, as an example, like this morning, I was looking at something at work. I'll spare you every boring detail, except that I saw something that happened in December of 2016, and I was like, oh, so that's really recent. Like yesterday. that was, I was like, that's last year. Not only am I wrong, like a full year has passed yeah. since then, and we're into another year. I know. I so know. whatever year Viet Cong came don't out. Don't remind me. It did come out in 2015. I loved that album. That was one of my top 10 albums of the year me in too. 2015. We both loved it. They came out with a follow-up in 2016. Under the Preoccupations name. It was. They switched their name to Preoccupations. And there's some solid solid tracks on that next record. I did it didn't grab me like the first one did. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I we went to a Viet Cong slash preoccupation show in Portland, Maine. It was not very good. The venue was shitty. It was too loud. It was but but it, and again, we've told the story on the podcast. It was too loud. Right. It was exceptionally Way too loud. loud. It was in a small basically concrete room and it was like just out of this world loud. And I think, Painfully so. I think that sort of turned me off to them yeah. for a bit. It colored how I perceive the next album. 
going into this now, I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about preoccupations. And then this song comes on, Espionage. I'm like, oh, this song's great. Yeah, It's I, really good. It is. And I got to say, it struck me as a little more accessible in some ways than some of the stuff they've come up with before. Yeah. It has like this bouncy bass line yeah. and these like truly catchy, dare I say even a little hooky vocal things. Well, here's the thing. I think the lead single off their second record, Anxiety, was also incredibly catchy. And I was like, yeah. oh, we're in for another great record from these guys. Yeah. And then the rest of it didn't totally strike me in the in the same way. Uh, who knows if that's going to be the same thing with uh, this song, Espionage. But... You know, I, I loved Anxiety. I'm really enjoying this song. I hope the rest of the, the album can deliver. I get a little sense on this song of like a little bit 80s, darkish, new wave yeah, type stuff. Yeah, they have those synths on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, the drums. And, and the way the bass comes in, it's very yep. angular. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember the band it reminds me of. I can't place it, but um, I, does it feel as though from the, the Preoccupations record coming from Viet Cong, moving towards this, they're, they're on a trajectory towards more accessible a little bit, even though it's still dark and it still kind of has this like, yeah, it, like uh, there's an always going to be, I think, with them an element of noise yeah. and an element of a little bit industrial sound. Yeah. This feels like a song that could that could break through a little bit. It Not does. Any major it does. Way. It does. And I, having more context of listening to all of their stuff, I've listened. I listened to their first album the other day. I was like, wow, this is great. What struck me about it, it's interesting. You bring up the noise factor. What struck me, they have really solid melodies on that album. Yeah. Couched in noise yeah. and and distortion, and they're kind of hidden. And even going to that next album, when you listen to a song like Anxiety, they almost dial that back some, and the vocals are like more clear. Yep. And that's how I feel about this song, too. So I think they've been trending that way since the first record. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the songs sound, but I, I'm encouraged by how much I've enjoyed this first song. Yeah, totally agree. Not even much more I would add about that. Yeah. I do want, Sean, however, to uh, to give you a shout-out personally for turning me on to this Sidney Gish record. Um, so Sean, last week, his recommendation of the week was uh, the new album from the Boston artist Sidney Gish, um, sort of a singer-songwriter, guitarist, um, the new the album's called No Dogs Allowed. I just wanted to give it a little more shine because it got yeah. sort of buried last week. Um, I've listened to this album now a couple times and some of the songs a handful of times. It's really, really cool. She's doing some interesting stuff. And your comparisons last week to Frankie Cosmos are right in line with what I think people can expect. I think from just what I can tell from listening, Sidney Gish is... Um, and I'm not saying that this is an album that is better than stuff Frankie Cosmos has put out. She seems to me to be... Sidney Gish I'm speaking about... A more accomplished musician, it sounds like. Yes. She sounds like she's a really fucking good guitar player. The, there's some awesome solos yeah. on this album. Like really, like really good riffs, good solos. Now, here's the thing. I would agree with you that this probably isn't better than the last Frankie Cosmos Like Next record. Thing or... Yeah. This Sidney Gish album. She's 20 years old, by the way. Crazy. This feels like the thing before the thing. Like yep. this is like a this is like a really solid good album. It's not a great album yet. It's and not I quite think great. I think her next one is probably gonna be like a great album. She's got people on her radar right now with this release. I think that by the time the next one comes out, that's gonna be the one that's like, oh, this is the next big thing. Because I think with Frankie Cosmos, the same thing happened where. 
I didn't listen to her one that came out before Next Thing. I eventually went back and got into but it. But I remember people being like, yep, we kind of saw this coming, uh, and now Next Thing kind of delivers on that promise we had. I think this is going to be the same thing. So I got to say, like, what I see with Sydney Gish, too, is like she has that aesthetic down where it seems like kind of a lo-fi, self-deprecating, yeah, like yeah. goofy sort of approach to music but endearing and also clever and 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 like there's a warmth to it yeah um but again i just i feel like she has some musical chops that like it's it almost like i i enjoy it but it almost doesn't totally resonate with me because i'm like she can really play and it sounds like she thinks she like can't right or whatever right um also did you notice the song i think it's i'm filled with steak and cannot dance yeah is it that song that has like almost note for note the riff from Fluorescent Adolescent. Yes! Oh my god, yeah, you're right. I did not put that together. But she I was like, why does this sound so familiar? She changes it though. She does like the first whole couple measures, like all the way, like both most of that whole riff, and then she then she changes it. Yeah. So there's a second half to her riff that's different. You're so right. I also get um on the song per, uh, I guess it's she says Persephone throughout the song as a joke, yeah. but on Persephone. Persephone is a song that reminds me of um, uh, a little bit of who's that artist who we've associated all the time with? Oh, Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She reminds yeah, me yeah. of Phoebe yeah, Bridgers yeah. on that song. Yeah. Um, and Sean, I hate to tell you this, you're not going to like it. You might even get a little mad. Okay. On new recording 180, New Year's Eve, okay. her style of guitar playing and the style of recording reminds me of Mac DeMarco. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. That's fine. It's fine. It does. I'm not saying because Mac DeMarco, I think, is a a good musician. Yeah, like, I, he is. I I like his instrumentation. Perfectly fine. Yeah, because like, it has that like almost cartoonish yeah. sounding guitar on yeah. it. Yeah, where it's like, and she's picking up these little elements of like jazz. She's playing these like ninth and seventh chords, these weird jazzy yeah, chords. Yeah, yeah, and 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 doing these licks that are very. They're, you don't hear them a lot in pop, right? At least not the kind of pop she's making, right? And Mac does some of that stuff. So what, basically, I, yeah. what I'm saying through all of this is that it seems like she's pulling from all kinds of different angles and she, she kind is. of pull off a lot of different sounds. Yeah, I have been really enjoying this album. It's a pleasant surprise this early in the year. Uh, some of my favorite songs: Sin Triangle. I yeah, love. Oh, I think yeah. Sin Triangle is probably the highlight of this. It's, it, I think it's the hit. It's, I, think, it's, I think so too. It's been stuck in my head all day. Me, today. It, it's been stuck in my head for a, a week and a half now. You know what I really like, Sean? What's Ma- that? Maybe it's on your list. Is Rat of the City? Rat of the City is actually not one that I've oh. highlighted as a favorite. Dude, both listens I've been like way in on that one. I got, I, it's I, one of those ones where you know when you're listening for the first few times, like, ooh, what's this song? Yeah, that's the, okay, that's one okay. For me. for me, it has been so Sin Triangle for sure. Yep, I'm filled with steak. I, I think that song's great. Yeah. Uh, where the sidewalk ends, Mouth Log. Yeah, Mouth is another good. one. And then Persephone. I love I love Persephone. Me I think too. that's a great song. Persephone's in my top three. Uh, so if I, I have a top three right now, it is Sin Triangle, Persephone, and whatever one oh, I said that you Rat of the City. City. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think the lyrics on this album are really, really good. Yep. On I Eat Salads Now and Imposter Syndrome, there's this great recurring lyric of these sweet instincts, they ruin my life. Yes. Super relatable. I love that lyric. I also love the lyric on I Eat Salads Now of Bitch I'm Wasted. Just kidding, I'm high. Yes. <laughs> That's a great. I, and the way she says it's really funny. What's, Bitch I'm Wasted. Just kidding, I'm high. What's the lyric from Sin Triangle where it's like, 
is it two faced bitches never lie? Therefore, so therefore, I never lie. I think that's really funny, and, and it, I don't yeah. like totally. I don't get totally it. get it, but I think it's like clever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like that's almost like one of those sentences that says like this sentence is a lie. That. Dude, that that's what it is. It's two faced bitches never lie. She's saying so. Therefore, I, as a two faced bitch, never lie. I'm lying because I'm a two faced bitch. Yeah, because if you're yes, a, if you're yeah. a two faced bitch, you are by nature lying. because yes. you're two faced. Yes, exactly. Ooh. That's actually that's pretty fucking smart. Sydney Gish, man. There's some smart smart lyrics on here. I'm gonna listen to this album a lot. Yeah, I yeah, already yeah, know. Yeah. Like, listen to it when you and you'll you'll yeah, hear the lyrics even better. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, what's up next on Hot Thoughts, Jake? We have. Uh, I just had a general. Thought. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Lay, lay this on me. Lay this, this on this me. This is just a general thought. Here? So I wrote: Does it feel like 2018 is taking a while to get into gear for new music? Feels like we might make it through almost all of January without much of anything of note, with the exceptions of Rosenstock and Sydney Gish. So basically, I'm just feeling like this month's taking its sweet ass time in terms of new releases. Now I know we have a few on the radar for this week, but it's still not much. Here's the deal. I mean, January's two-thirds over. Here's the deal, Jake. I was thinking about this um, before we were recording when I was on my way over here. I am getting the feeling 2018 is actually going to be sort of a down year of music. Hmm. I really am starting to think that way. Like, yeah, Sidney Gish and Jeff Rosenstock are good albums so far. Based on what I've seen from upcoming releases, like future release dates, what I've seen from hype with uh, some things on Twitter, I, I'm getting the sense that there's not a lot on the horizon necessarily. Like, yeah, we talked our, a couple episodes ago about our most anticipated albums. A lot of those were kind of theoretical mm. releases. True. Where it's like, well, we don't really have a release date yet. We might not even get these. Yeah. In terms of like hard, fast dates of like, yes, on February, blah, 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 we have this artist that we know is going to deliver? No. I feel like that means we're in for at least one or two big surprise uh, drops. Yeah. Yes. Like, we're, which yes. It's, and in some ways, there are certain artists who are so big and are so into the surprise thing or like, just release an album with a week's notice. Like, for all we know, Frank might drop his, like, album he's been squatting on next week, right. you know? Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be fucking great. That'd be the best thing that ever happened. I don't think he's gonna do it. No, but. he won't. He'll, he won't release an album until, like, 2021. Until, like, September. Right? Or, <laughs> yeah. or, like, a, yeah. another decade. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it feels like, I can't tell yet whether, I'm gonna give it more time. I can't tell you whether I think it's going to be a little bit of a down year in terms of the trend of, of great albums coming out, or if those albums are going to be just coming from places that I have not, we don't know yet. Right. This might be a big year for emerging artists, like someone like Sidney Gish, where it's like yeah. the good one before the great one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing before the thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or it could be a year where it's just sort of like, uh, like I said, surprise stuff. Um, yeah. I feel like I can't tell yet. It does seem like this is we're definitely past the point where we should be still just to, kind of waiting in. Feels like by mid to late January, you should have like a, something, like yeah, a couple things. Yeah, even, even I guess we do have a couple things. Maybe it's not necessarily what we were expecting or looking for, but we do have a couple things. We yeah. got Rosenstock and Sydney Kish. Honestly, if you can go at a clip of two really good albums per month for the yeah. whole year, like, you're looking pretty good. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I think it's going to be a year that takes us a little by surprise. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I think so not too. yet sure so which too. way. So that was just a general thought. I think so too. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And as a result of not having much in 2018, that's all we have for Hot Thoughts. That's also yeah, all short, we have. Shorter, uh, yeah. And it's also all we have for like major segments. We yeah. have a Mount Rushmore. Let's do a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's January, Jake. We're in the the doldrums of winter. The dog days. And what ends up happening with that is it's really hard to exercise outside. You and I have mm-hmm. both been going to the gym pretty frequently. Yep. And a part of that is the music that you listen to at the gym. So we wanted to do a Mount Rushmore of workout songs. Before we jump into this, I want to do a quick diagnose Jake that I just thought of on oh, the top of my head. Yeah, laid on me. So for any listeners out there who have been around long enough to remember this, we did a segment once called Diagnose Jake. I think we should do Diagnose Sean at some point. Yeah. It's basically where I say something really Sean, weird. You're depressed. <laughs> just, oh, thank you. Hey Jake. You too, dude. Um, <laughs> where it's just like, I'll say something weird. Like, for example, the last uh, one, it was, I asked Sean to diagnose me because every time I hear the X-Files music, I get a like sad. I get a distinct emotional reaction, like right. harsh, like hard nostalgia. Right. And we just determined I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so this time, because the Mount Rushmore's workout songs, I've gotten mixed reactions on this in the past. Okay. Am I crazy... Because I listen to podcasts when I work out. Uh, sort of, yes. Yes. I do it more than I listen to music. It's sort of crazy. It's I, so, you know, we, if you stick around for the after show, we have a nice conversation about psychopaths and serial killers. That is pre-crime behavior. I got to tell you, man, I it it's much more likely that I'm... These days, that that's when I get my podcast done. That is wild to me. It's like tonight because I, like I just get so caught up in like the minutia of what they're talking about. I'm just like this is I I can't I can't focus on this. I need some kind of like stimulation uh, emotionally to like, get through this run. So yeah, or, like I, push myself. I think what it is is like I am on if, if I'm on a treadmill or if I'm. Doing whatever, if I'm out running a few miles, it's like I just am on kind of autopilot. I'm not necessarily pushing gotcha. myself to crush some time. Okay. I'm just in it for the exercise, so it becomes kind of a zen thing. Yeah. And as a result, I'm able to tune shit out, and I'm like, I'm just going to listen to what they're talking about. Interesting. And I can really focus. Interesting. But, but Sean, you're not the first person who I've told that and who has been like, that is insane. Like, I could I, not. I, I, I can't. Have you it. ever tried it? Yeah, I have, and I have to turn it off. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I love... When I'm stretching out after the fact, I'll throw it on. Like, I, I listened to the TV Aval- Aval- Avalanche podcast with um, Alan Seppin while they were talking about the 10-year anniversary of Breaking Bad. Oh, damn. So that was that was cool. I was listening to that while I stretched out today, but, like, I can't do it while I'm running. I can't. I, it's weird, man. I, I, I love it. I love having a podcast. That's good. It's too. good you can do that. I, I got to switch it to music. I can't. I can't do it. All right, so diagnosis is probably pre-crime. Yes, it's definitely pre-crime. Listeners, I need you to I'm weigh in. I'm keeping my eye on you. Okay. Fair. fair. Keeping my eye That's on you. The, you've good reason to. So, Jake, when you're not you. listening to podcasts, what are your four, what are your Mount Rushmore four songs when you're working out? So, I had to really think about this because um, I think I just, I'm realizing I have weird listening habits in general. Mm, um, me too. Here are some that I, that, that, so some of these are recent, some of these are like sort of like evergreen. One recent one for me is Anthem by Blink-182 because I've rediscovered my love of Enema of the State, that first album. Yeah. And I realized that because of the nature of how I listened to music as a kid, I just never listened to the last three tracks that much when I was younger. 
because I would like my bus ride would end before they were done and I right. just wouldn't finish it or whatever. Um, Anthem's the last track. It's awesome. Mm. It's like it it's, is really it's good. A really cool, yeah. catchy pop punk song that's great for the gym. The rest of that album's awesome too. Uh, I have the rest of these are associated with specific stories. Uh, one is "You're Gonna Go Far, Kid" by The Offspring, which I ran to in the last 5K I was in. That's a good one. Great song. It'll pump you up. Big, big hooks. Every part of it's catchy. Um, Corrigan by Sorority Noise. I remember one time after work when I was still working with Logan, big friend of the pod, um, and we went for a run around a pond, and this album had just come out. Cam, I think, gave me an early copy of it or whatever, wow. or something, or it just came out on Spotify, and we were both listening to it simultaneously as we ran around. Oh, nice. And I like, was getting pumped up because I was... And Corrigan's one of the, the first Brennan Lucan. Brennan Lukens from Modern Baseball is a uh, guest on this this track, right? And as a result, the song ages really well because you're yeah. like, oh, dude, these guys are in their salad days yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. a couple of years old. <laughs> yeah. I also have Flesh Without Blood by Grimes, uh, yeah. one of the catchier songs off of Art Angels, yeah. an album I love, and an album where I listen to a lot of songs when I'm if I'm running and listening to music. Yeah, so yeah. those are some for me. How about you? Nice. For me, okay, I have The Jerk <laughs> by Joyce Manor. Now, this song is like a minute long. And the yeah. reason why I put this on and maybe not one of the other ones from this album is because sometimes all I want is a concentrated minute, 60 seconds, to get me through 60 seconds of my run. Do you do it at the tail end when you want to haul through Usually it comes on like towards the end. I'm like, yes, the jerk just came on. Like this gets me through another minute, and I can like hammer it for a minute. That's why I put that song on there. I also have No Future, No Past by Cloud Nothings. This song's a little bit longer. It takes a little bit to build up. However, when it explodes and it actually builds, like the drumming on that, the vocals are so fucking good. And there's also something to be said about different lengths for different points yeah, in a workout. If yeah. you're near the end, yeah. You want something like the jerk, but something like no future, no past. You're like, okay, early on early, in my that this in my perfect. workout, it'll help me build up. And by the time it's done, I'm like a few minutes in. Yep. I, this is already moving along. Yep. I can, I get that. Here's another one for you, and this one's a little bit longer. This is closer to six minutes. House of Jealous Lovers by The Rapture. Ooh, this is kind of a dancey track. Yep, and it kind of keeps the momentum throughout. Like, there's a nice beat to it throughout. You just be like, yes. Like, this is a good six minutes of constant, just like energy. Do you ever feel your feet hitting the ground? To yes. The beat? Yes. Yeah. 100%. That definitely happens. And then a little hip hop action for you guys out here Two Phones by Kevin Gates. This, just this seeing is this song a title. Banger. Sorry to cut you off. Just seeing this song title makes me happy. I got two phones, one for the plug, one for the load. Never a truer sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's our life. Jake. Has been spoken. One for the yeah, exactly. So two phones by Kevin Gates. Those are just a, a handful of the songs I've been listening to you lately. Know, it's, it's it's a rare but per, but but important experience in life, Sean, to know that your experience and your just something about your life is being captured in song. And I just it's a good thing we have people like Kevin Gates because I just feel like he totally relates to my experience. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Just got released from prison, by the way. Big shout out to Kevin Gates. Is that true that he was <laughs> yes. in prison? Yes. Yes. Like gun charges. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well dude, hopefully. I think, I think. Don't quote me on that. It could be slander. But like, yeah, it could be allegedly, yeah. He, yeah. but that just means he's gonna have hooks. <laughs> I, I know he was in I there know. just right. He did. You I, know, he was in there like doing push-ups, writing I hooks. Know. He's probably huge right now. I think he put out like a mixtape shortly after that 
album he put out like yes, in the same year. Love. I didn't I didn't listen to it, but I'm sure he's got hooks on hooks on hooks that he's sitting on. That dude was on one of those over under segments that Pitchfork did and was yeah, laugh out loud hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. He said he I don't remember what it was, but he said something about one of the th- topics they threw at him that had me like laughing out loud <laughs> right, at work right. like a crazy person. <laughs> Uh, let's do a quick recommendations of the week, Jake. What do you have for this? Um, my recommendation of the week is the Colm concert by Keith Jarrett. This is on that list I've referenced many times throughout the podcast of like the 100 or I think it's, it might be 200. 100 or 200 yeah. best jazz albums of all time. It's always been one I've had a hard time finding. It's on Spotify. Um, really interesting, and I guess there's some controversy in jazz communities as to whether it is jazz. Um, interesting. Keith Jarrett is like basically a uh, prodigy level piano player, and what this is is just him in front of an audience in, I guess it's Cologne, Germany, or Cologne. It's spelled like Cologne. Yeah. It depends what language you're spelling it in, and it's him at a music hall, and it's just an hour plus of him just improvising, and it's wow. only him. And it's, I, he, I get a listen to this. It's really, really cool. And he does these, like, he'll go on these extended vamps or jams of just, like, there's a riff that sounds like almost like country. Mm. There's a riff that sounds like a little bit pop rock. There's Then there's distinctly jazz moments. There's classical stuff. Yeah. And it's just, like, all he loops in these different themes and motifs. And it sounds composed, but it's... Impro- it's improvised. That sounds awesome. It's really, really cool, and it's it's very relaxing. And the tone of the piano on it is is gorgeous. I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, you should. Next time I'm like reading or like really need to do like a more meditative listen, I'm gonna check this out. I think for reading it would be perfect. Okay. I flew through that book about Seinfeld I read over yeah, my Christmas yeah, break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this as the backdrop, nice. it's great. Do something about jazz and just instrumental piano music. It feels like it stimulates your brain. Yeah. What is not stimulating is this podcast right now for listeners who are asleep. Listening to me talk about jazz. <laughs> jazz that's right. As as it happens sometimes. Uh, well, my recommendation of the week, Jake, is "Murmur" by REM, their debut album. A classic. You know, I was listening to this the other day, and I forgot how good it was. Um, Radio Free Europe, Perfect Circle, um, Moral Chaos. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Moral chaos. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, REM. This is a band I think that is uh, underrepresented, especially by people our age, especially by us, Jake, in general. I think yeah. we are both in on the murmur uh, bandwagon, but I think there's a lot of other REM that like we could probably do a better job of exploring. I think REM is one of those bands that they're they're so good, but I don't know that they get the recognition or attention that maybe they deserve um, from a legacy standpoint right now. So I would highly recommend checking out Murmur. There's a lot there to like. Um, and again, it's a band that I don't think gets as much attention as they deserve. They probably don't. Big shout out to my mom and dad who were both into REM and really liked the album Life's Rich Pageant. I nice. remember them, my mom buying a copy of that. Nice. And it reminded her of when she was younger. Which is... That's a big piece of music. It's important. And it's not a connection we get to have with bands like REM. No, it's not. Um, well, except that they still had songs that were pop yeah. hits when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe that's true. I don't Losing know my religion. what yeah. the hell I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap up this week's episode, Jake. We're going to do a release radar. So like you were saying earlier, it's been a bit of a lull so far this year. This week really doesn't 
change that tune too much. We have a first aid kit album, a tune yards album. I like both of those groups. I don't love either of them. Yeah. I'm not expecting their best releases. I think those might be behind them at this point. Yeah. But we also have new releases. We'll right. No, I I agree. I, I haven't listened a ton to First Aid Kit or the Tune okay. Yards. I've listened a little bit to First Aid Kit and the Tune Yards, maybe. Okay. I don't really totally okay. know. Um a lot of honestly, I'm gonna just be perfectly honest. A lot of band names blur together for me at this point. <laughs> yeah, just like straight up. Especially okay, let me ask you this. Not way into. Do you know like generally? Could you classify First Aid Kit and, and Tune Yards? First Aid Kit, I know they're the the women who have like a, they're like a folk duo. Yeah, and they're they, like right, female Fleet Foxes. And it's really catchy. Yeah. and I listened to that album like twice. Yeah, and liked it. <laughs> okay, and liked it. Uh, tune Yards <laughs> would be harder. Okay, Slash, they're like. This soul R&B pop outfit. Okay. I probably have not listened to that. I think think I've played songs like here and there that you've probably heard but didn't know it was them. It's more a name I've seen. Another name I've seen and whose album I did listen to is Porches. Yeah. They came out with their album Pool I think two years ago. It was solid. It was one of those releases where like there was not a whole lot else to be listening to at the time so I got kind of into it. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. Um, It was a bit of a slog as a full album, as I recall. Yeah. Not, like, great. Yeah. But I might check out the new one. Also, Sean, um, Joe Perry. This might be the crown jewel of them all. He sure is. Joe Perry of Aerosmith fame. Guitarist and toxic twin from Aerosmith. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, he's putting out a new album. Uh, are you going to listen to it? No, I didn't think so. The, but, but here's the thing, dude. But it's on the radar. I'll probably listen to like the most popular track. Okay. Okay. The uh, the the <laughs> album's name is Switzerland Manifesto. You just have to know if you're Joe Perry, where you're at in life, and you're naming your album that. It's not going to be any. It's not going to make an impact in any way. Like I don't know. Like don't try. I don't know what I'm supposed to make of that. I, I truly don't. I will tell you. That was you, mean. I please try. I, I I take that back. That was fucked up. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I I wasn't responding to your comment. I know. I know. I'm responding to my own comment. Okay. D- keep trying. Put out your music. It's totally fine. I'm just not going to listen. Yeah. I mean, it's Joe Perry. If you like it, fine. Joe Perry doesn't need anyone. No. Anyone no, to love. No. 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 He like, dude. Who like, am I to to criticize Joe Perry? No, I'm a nobody. Well, like Joe Perry. Was it Aerosmith, man? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need to fuck off with that. Well, here's the thing. He, 12-year-old Jake, was really excited about the solo album he put out when I was 12. Because at the time, I was obsessed with Aerosmith. They were my favorite. I don't know why they were my favorite band. There's, there, like, dude, that album had this song called Shake In My Cage, which had an awesome riff. I think you've referred to the song before. I've probably played it for you. It, <laughs> yeah. it has a sweet riff. Also, of all things, dude, he does a cover on that album of Crystal Ship by The Doors. Oh, wow. It's not bad. Wow. It's not bad. Well, did he get Jim Morrison to sing? Uh, Jim Morrison has, is, is, is bones at this point. You know point. what's interesting? Quickly, before we sign off, just the... The revisionist history on the doors, on the doors, and how it's cool to hate them now. Yeah, it became cool to shit all over the yeah. doors. Here's yeah. what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I like the doors' first album a shit ton. Yeah. I think it's great. I did recently for the first time listen to L.A. Woman. I thought that album was kind of spotty. You know what's interesting? When I was in high school and super into the doors and listening to them, I thought L.A. Woman was a really good album. Yeah. Um, 
if I went, I have not gone back since, since, as you would say. Right. But, uh. I gotta figure out the root of that, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I haven't been able to. It's not a big deal. But. No, but I want to know. You're probably right. The fact that I haven't wanted to go back and listen to LA Woman probably speaks to its quality, so. Is that the one with Peace Frog on it? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. Riders I, on the Storm. Yep, LA Woman. LA Woman. Uh, Crawling King Snake. Hyacinth House. There's some good tracks on there, yeah, man. I think Jim Morrison's cool. Pe- what people do is they lump him in. They, they they call him like middle school poetry, which I think is way oh, I think is like a little harsh. It's too glib, man. Yeah. It's too. It's too. It, you know what it's doing is it's aggrandizing yourself when you say that. It is. Like oh, Jim Morrison. Like, it's like dude, what the fuck post- have you written? What have you done? Yeah, it's like dude, Jim Morrison moved a lot of people. Yeah. Like fuck so what you. if it doesn't totally speak to you? That dude wrote fucking. Uh, like the lyrics, the, the lyrics on the end are awesome, and, and he, the dude wrote uh, "L.A. Woman." That yeah. song's awesome. Yeah. That song's really cool. Yeah, I don't understand. Like people just shut on the doors. Like the doors, fuck, man. They, they have do. Awesome they songs. really do. Yeah, they have these like like and more hits than you remember. Oh, so many. Because if you turn on classic rock radio, like you'll hear like. Uh, Light my fire. Hello, I love you. Hello, I love you. Like, Hello, I love you is one that goes way under the radar. Yep. That's a great song. My yep. favorite growing up was "Love Her Madly." Oh yeah, that yeah, song's yeah, so yeah. good. Yep. yep, Doors are actually really good. We gotta listen to Doors at some point. There's yeah, some great tracks. I haven't listened to Doors in a long time. No, I haven't either. There's some great stuff there. And Jim Morrison's like really cool. Too. Yeah, a great frontman. So fuck all the haters. Fuck the haters yeah. is what I'm saying. I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, hopefully, we get some more interesting stuff to talk about. Also, Jake, maybe we just need to do a better job of creating our own content. Maybe doing some interesting top ten lists or things like that in the coming weeks. I think that would probably be a good thing to do. So, yeah. If you have any suggestions, let us know. But we'll try to come up with uh, some of our own. Cool. Sounds All good. Right. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Okay, Jake, uh, I think I had mentioned this to you earlier this week. I texted you. I want to bring it back up again. So I have been watching two shows on Netflix dealing with psychopaths. Oh, yes, I've been watching The End of the Fucking World, and I've been watching uh, Mindhunter. Both deal with psychopaths in different ways. As a result, I have ended up doing research on psychopaths. Okay. Okay. On, on the internet. Mm-hmm. I read a few Reddit AMAs about psychopaths. Did I you have, kind of have a little deep dive this week? Yeah, I did, I, did, I did a little bit of, a, of an internet deep dive on psychopaths. This is fascinating, fascinating stuff. <laughs> because there's these people out there who don't feel any emotion and are, are basically shells of humans. Who understand that emotions are a thing and they can see them playing out in other people. They don't feel it. And a lot of times they will just mirror the emotions or personalities of other people for their own personal gain. And not all psychopaths are murderous or serial killers. Some of them are just on Wall Street. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes, yes, Jake. You fucking (laughs) occupy Wall Street like... (laughs) 
truther. Yeah, yes. Well, it's true. I mean, if you watch uh, The Wolf of Wall Street... Um, he probably is a psychopath. <laughs> right. He I mean, probably he literally I mean, is. I, I say that as partially tongue-in-cheek, but also seriously. Like, if you don't feel empathy or... Uh, any emotion or caring for people in any way, like, yeah, you're probably a psychopath. This sounds just like me, but the opposite. Yeah, yeah, and you know what's interesting, and I wanted to bring this up to you, is through all this, when I was reading it, I was like, you know what? Because of the mental health stuff that I've dealt with, with anxiety and depression, I'm like, I sort of feel like a psychopath sometimes. Mm. Just, like, removed from... People. From Yeah, 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 but I, I'm not... I, I know I'm not. Okay. <laughs> but okay. reading up on this was really interesting because these people are just living among us, Jake. They're just living amongst us. I know. Okay? Which is correct there, among or amongst? Are those, are uh, I those, think it's it, really funny to say amongst. I do so, too. Are they interchangeable? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We can do but it they're living among us okay. and no one really knows and they're so good at being chameleons. Let me ask you this, and blending here's, in. Here's a distinguishing thing yeah. that I... I, I uh, have never been totally sure about and have wondered. I think I looked it up at some point, okay. but forget. Okay. What is the distinction between a sociopath and a psychopath? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if I were to levy a guess, Jake. Yeah. yeah. I would say a psychopath maybe does things like they act on their their. Um, their lack of empathy or their condition, like they're they're they have psychopath end, end results of what their condition is. Where sociopaths maybe are more passive. Okay, that's a guess. I don't know if that's true. You're or not a not. doctor. <laughs> no, don't quote me on any of this. So here's a comment on um, modern um, attention spans and internet connectivity for you. Yeah. I looked up among versus amongst. The first like link I clicked on, it wasn't immediately evident how it, what I was supposed to read or if there was a clear answer. Yeah. So I gave up immediately, and we will not be finding out the answer on this. Yeah, podcast. I, I, I would say that's a fool's errand to to chase that query. Um, now, Jake, psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about them? They're fascinating. They are. They're fascinating. Okay. 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 <laughs> now you're doing like characters now. I'm doing a Mike Francesa. Okay. Okay. All right, and no, and I'll tell you something. No one wants to play these guys. No one wants to play them. Okay, I, you know, no one wants to go into Minnesota and play these dudes. No one wants to play these guys. No. Guys, no, no, he no, say no. guys. You're right. Uh, but uh, Mindhunter, I would recommend watching it. It's like a seven point seven out of ten show. What is the end of the fucking world? I'm only three episodes in. So far, it's like an eight out of ten, probably. Better than Mindhunter. It's better than Mindhunter. I think Mindhunter. It, did you ever watch Looking? No. Nope. On HBO? Uh, Bunch no, of gay no, dudes no. in San Francisco? No. No, uh, I didn't. One of the main characters from that is the main dude in Mindhunter. He's a good actor. Um, Fincher. It's very, very Fincher. David Fincher. Are you a Fincher fan? I love David Fincher. Um, sometimes I think it can get caught up in its own like style. Very much so. Very mm, much. Mm, very much. Mm. It's good. Uh, so I've been on a little psychopath kick. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, it can be easy to go down a like a serial killer wormhole. And then I ended up looking on Wikipedia. I looked at the list of all-time highest kill counts by serial mm-hmm. killers. So many of them were from foreign countries. It took a while to get down to like the top U.S. one, Dude. which was a guy I actually had never heard of. Who was it? Uh, fuck, I forget what his name was at this point. Um, but like guys like 
Ted Bun- Ted Bunny was second. Okay. Ted Bunny was second. Like BTK Killer was like way, way down. He only there. killed ten people. He wasn't that bad. He, I think, the reason we know about him is that he, there was like a CBS special when we were kids. And he about would like. Him. To, I read his Wikipedia page too. I've read he a lot of their would Wikipedia pages. Like send messages to like the media and stuff about like right shit. So it, it was more like sensationalized. But there was a lot of ones from other countries. There was like dudes in like. Like South America, who yes. just killed like hundreds and hundreds of people. Dude, like the most prolific active serial killer, I think, is still at large. That's in Central crazy. America. I think he's killed like two hundred people. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> wild. And then there was a whole subset. I think he still is out there. There was a whole subset. They can keep this fucking guy behind bars. <laughs> okay, so so many of like the Central and South American ones, they were like. Yeah, killed 175 people, got sentenced to jail, but your maximum sentence in Brazil is only like 30 years, yes. so you just get out. And it's like, what? so many of these guys were just out? It's like, you don't think they're going to go kill again? They are. Are you serious? <laughs> and they are. And they do. <laughs> what? You know who freaks me out is uh, th- that guy Albert Fish. Have you ever read about Ooh, Albert no, Fish? No, I think that's his name. I could be slandering just a normal dude out there. So my <laughs> my apologies to the fish family, but he, as I recall, he's like this really creepy looking. I'm gonna look him up right now, okay. and I think he would like capture and and torture and kill like young boys. Yeah. So, dude, like, how fucked up is that? Imagine that's like John Wayne Gacy Jr. Imagine, yeah, but he was like young men, young gay men Ooh. usually. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. I think he would meet him out at things. I could be conflating him with others. That might be Jeffrey Dahmer I'm thinking of. Because mm. I don't know if John Wayne Gacy killed kids. I thought he did. That, I think, is a common misconception because of the clown thing. The clown thing. thing. Albert Fish. Like, look at Albert Fish, dude. He's this, like... I don't know if I want to. Just look at his face. Just come, look at this dude's face. Ooh, you know, he sort of looks like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, and you know what? In, in a new De- hope. Depending on whose story you're hearing, the empires of the republics, they're similar uh, figures. Yeah, that's, because, that's true. Because I bet the empire did some North Korea shit and yeah, pit and made absolutely. him out to be a, a villain. Like 100%. North Korea did to Kim Jong-un's brother. That's right. Who they had killed. Or his like, uncle. Fed him to dogs, right? No, well there's the one guy who like a woman, a North Korean woman was convinced she was on a game show. And she was like walking up to people in public, spraying them with water. But it, but the one, yes. but they found him, oh and they gave God. her this like poison, yeah. this like fast acting poison. That's crazy. <laughs> and this like just normal woman kill him. So this this dovetails nicely into the subsets of serial killers that they had on this Wikipedia list, Jake. They had ones who were basically dictators. Yeah. And they had like Hitler, Stalin, oh, yeah, okay. Mao Zedong. And then they had this one, uh, Pol Pot. Have you ever heard of this dude? I've heard of Pol Pot. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. I, I didn't know about this guy. In Asia, right? Yeah, in uh, Cambodia. Yep. And he killed millions of people in like a four year span. It's crazy. And I like had no context. This was like in the 70s or something. Right. And uh, so I read about that guy. And then there was another subset of. Uh, um, like doctors who have killed people, and there was this one dude who um, he performed like all these abortions after, like once, like spines had been developed in in like kids. He snipped like hundreds of spines or something of like babies or something crazy like that. Just because he could, 
I, I think he was just performing like illegal abortions, basically, and they count as like oh. as like genocide or like serial killing because they're technically like I don't know. I don't like that gets into a gray area, but like Were they you? had like a spine. He would like snip their spines. Oh, how fucked is that? That's horrible. I went down a fucking rabbit hole, dude. This was last night. It's by easy the way, to like do. late, like late night <laughs> Wikipediaing of of psychopaths and serial killers. And you can get yourself creeped out. So here, okay, it's it, it sort of did creep me out. Here's one thing that I can't tell if it is an internet joke or if it is okay. real. <laughs> it's a meme with Albert Fish's head, okay, <laughs> with his face on it, and it says the quote is, "I like children. They are tasty." <laughs> That's the quote. Oh, no, I God. I can't tell. If that's real or if that's like a joke, I feel like it could be real. Could be real. the uh, The best part of serial um, killers, they're cra- they're fascinating. The, and they're the, fascinating, the, but they they really truly scary. scare me. They're they scary. scare me more than any bullshit demon thing. Because these guys are real. They're like real demons, <laughs> right? And you know what's funny is like we're like the least likely people to be killed by serial killers. True. Like able-bodied young men. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Least likely. You're probably right. Sadly, as is the style in um in Silence of the Lambs, I think women are more often yeah. targeted. Yes. Yes. Can you imagine like can you, this is what I've often thought about when I was watching Silence of the Lambs as a kid, I remember thinking what like put yourself in the position of this like woman who's caught. Ooh, terrifying. <laughs> like Buffalo Bills like prey. Right, and no, you're in this well. Yeah, and she's you're just like, what? Like, what am I gonna do? I know. How do you get out? Are they gonna torture me? When do I, I die? Because I will. I know. They will kill I me. Know. And for many of them, they just were killed. And I would just be hoping that it goes fast the whole time. I would just like. To, I, you know, it's fucked up. I was thinking about this. I think earlier today. I was like, huh? If I ever got captured by the serial killer and I was like in their clutches. And they started like torturing me. I think the actual play there is to act like you're enjoying it, because ah. so, and it is what Mindhunter taught me. So much of what their what they get off on basically is like See the power over you. And if you act like you're enjoying it, it like subverts their. It's a turn off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So instead of like begging for your life, you you're like, yes, give me more. Dude, speaking of serial killers, and this is a spoiler for the girl with the dragon tattoo. So if you're oh, gonna go see yeah. this for some reason, people, flow. don't listen to this. But dude, that one stuck with me. That movie stayed with me for like weeks. And still, I gotta watch that again. I own that. I still can't, are they ever gonna do the sequels? I don't know. I hope they do because I read the first two books and half of the last one. Girl who played with fire is the better book. And dude, the Martin Vanger storyline, like when, when when Daniel Craig gets down there and he has him in the fucking he has him hanging yeah. in this like pristine like clinical yeah. but like it looks like hospital level clean. Yeah. Cause he has to keep it that way. Yeah. And he's like telling him, dude, what's that guy's name? Skarsgard. St- uh Scar- Stellan Skarsgard. Stellan Skarsgard. When he's telling him he's like what does he say? He's like it's it's about like the look in their eye, like when when they know they're going Dude, to die. The thing that always stuck with me, give me chills about the about his little monologue that he was saying. He's like, people are so willing to just be polite to you, and he's and he's like, 
like you can take that a long way of just people don't want to like upset the natural order of things. Yes. And I was like, that freaks me the fuck out because I'm one of those people who will just be polite to a T. And he's talking about how like that's how he got him into his house. Exactly. Because he kept inviting him yeah. lower and lower. He's like, oh, just come take a look. Yeah. Fucking captures him. Yeah. Dude, it scared it's, me. We should rewatch that movie. That's a rewatchable. I own it. I own it. And it might be too scary. We might, it might be. It's a good movie, though. Rooney Mara, good in that. Daniel Craig, very good in that. Scar the movie's, the movie's really cool. It's great. You should read those books. I read half of that book, okay. like, as is the story of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. one of those things where it was the Da Vinci Code thing where I, when I saw Da Vinci Code as a kid, I was like, I want to read that. I read half, and I was like, well, I know well, what I happens. Well, I know what happens. Yeah, so I'm not going to finish yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, it's the Game of Thrones thing for me. Me yeah. too. Game of Thrones, yeah. read half of that first book, yeah. didn't finish it. Have done the same with Girl the Dragon Tattoo. Great movie. Really, really creepy serial killer narrative. Yes. No, I forget because it's been so long since I saw it. Was that a part of it the whole time? Oh, what I'm trying to remember is how the plots dovetailed. Yeah. Um, I believe there was like a cold case murder or something. And like, did he from that on, was there a serial killer thing? How did her plot, what was her name again? The main character, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara's character, I don't remember. I can't remember her name either. I don't remember at this point. How did her whole thing about, like, where she was, like, getting raped and shit? Yeah. Do you remember that part? I do. I do. And she kicks the shit out of that guy? Yeah. How did that then, like, dovetail in with the Daniel Craig she stuff? She sort of has her own separate story. And, she, and he's a reporter, and they kind of cross paths. and. But they're with each other in that cabin. Right, because she just kind of comes along. He like kind of, I think, invites her. Who's it really more about? Her? Uh, it's technically, if you continue on, I think it's technically more about her. That book feels like it's more about Daniel Craig. But the quest. first one's more about Daniel Craig and his like search for these this murderer. Yeah, yeah. Is it the murderer, or is he looking for like he's trying to solve like a mystery, decades old mystery? Yeah, right? it's like a cold case murder. And I he's think. right. He's looking at old photographs. You know what that movie did too? Is it freaked me out about like Nordic countries? Oh yeah, because it takes place in Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah. And everything there, it seems awesome, like but it pristine. also it also seems like cold, but like people there have mastered the cold yes. and are just fully efficient in every yes. way and have these like perfect houses yes. that are completely heat efficient. And like and everything out there, like it just works better. They something about the clean efficiency of it freaks they me out. They have transcended like they're better. They're a better version of humans than us. That's yeah. a fact. That is a fact. People from Norway, Sweden, all those fucking countries are better at being humans than we are. That is a fact. I, probably. They're just like icy cool, like nothing affects us. I will like kill you with a look, you know? Like right. it freaks me out a little bit. I like want to be them, but they, also I know I wouldn't be able to cut it. And like the stark snowy landscapes in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta rewatch that movie. We're gonna rewatch it. I really, really like it. We're gonna rewatch it. it. That's a really good movie. Really good movie. It's yeah. Good, good movie. We're going to rewatch it. All right. Let, let's dive in here. Let's dive in. Okay. Um, ugh, had a burp. Okay. That's all right. I mean, okay. not that you need my, like, fucking acceptance. No. To burp. Certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> God, no. Uh, okay. Ready? Three, two, one. 